The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome. This is Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. Continue on with uh, some more great information. So I wanted to, to kick it around and we got a new year coming in. And so I wanted to drag in Mayor Jamie Clary here, the mayor of Hendersonville, uh, to kind of get an update on what's going on. As everybody knows, we've been through some crazy, crazy times. Things have changed a lot. The normalcy has changed. I wanted to talk to the mayor about a lot of different subjects. I don't know if we're going to be able to cover all of them, but uh, let's do that. So Mayor, hey, welcome to the show. Good morning. It's good to be here. Let's kick it off. And uh, last year compared to this year, how, how does our forecast look? So it's stunningly more positive. We came out of COVID very cautious and uh, came out of, I should say, came out of uh, summer of 2020, very cautious. Uh, what we saw, though, was that a lot of people in Hendersonville were spending their money in Hendersonville, were spending their time in Hendersonville. For, as far as the city is concerned, we saw an increase in sales tax. It was just astronomical. Uh, and we continue to see that. We worried a little bit that, that that was just temporary. But the businesses in Hendersonville were doing well. Uh, it seemed the families were doing well in Hendersonville. Uh, and it, it reflected in what was going on in the city. Of course, fast forward a year until uh, this, this past fall, 2021, and we were named the 16th best city to live in the United States. <laughs> uh, so that's a wonderful yeah. situation to be in. I'm very proud of that. Well, and I got to tell you, we went out the other night. You know, the, the, the snow came in. Everybody's in the house a couple of days. We gathered everybody. Just, hey, let's go, just go out. Every restaurant we went to, uh, it's going to be an hour and a half wait. Went to BurgerFi. Uh, it'll be an hour before the food can come out. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. So the restaurants are doing well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a, a great story on TV just this past weekend about problems with labor. And there are multiple factors that are going in there, going into that problem. And it's not just Hendersville, it's not just, just Middle Tennessee, but it's across the whole country. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I hope that that gets get resol- gets resolved quick, but it's probably going to be a shift overall in the employee-employment uh, relationship, mm-hmm. and that employees are, are are taking greater leverage and making decisions that are based more on what their long-term needs are and what their what their goals are, and not right. on what they need today. Yeah, and I will tell you, Kathleen is is real aware of what's going on out here. So every rest we'll go and we'll you know usually introduce ourselves mm-hmm. to the manager, and mm-hmm. and it's everyone says the same thing nobody wants to work oh i just did a ribbon cutting and uh and they're looking for staff right now they are turning away clients yeah uh, because they don't have the they don't have the staff to handle the business and i'm just wondering do people just do not want to work or it's not the kind of job they want i I don't know what the scenario is what we're seeing we're seeing especially middle tennessee that it's all of those is that a lot of people took the opportunity to not work when they had other money coming in from the federal government and then what they did is they evaluated their life situation 
Could they spend more time at home with their kids because they had a spouse working? Mm. Could they move totally to a new community where they wanted to live? Could they take off and take on a long-term project? And gradually those, those, those folks are coming back to employment, but what they're doing is they're negotiating a little bit more for some flexibility. We see that at City Hall when, we, when we're looking at hiring folks what their expectations yeah. are. And one of the stats that I saw was that if there is the, the opportunity to re- work remotely, a job opening will get two and a half more times application of applications because of that remote opportunity. Sure, and of course the scared with the pandemic or the virus going around too, and, and which I understand that, but I think just looking at what's going on with people moving to Hendersonville mm-hmm. or into Sumner County, it's, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And so, and with the housing prices the way they are, these people have to have jobs <laughs> doing yeah. something. I don't yeah. Or they just got a bunch of money say, I don't know. Well, and it's honestly, it's both of those. Is we have a lot of people coming from other places where the cost of living is higher. And so they have sold their house, they've sold some asset they have, and they come mm-hmm. here and they're paying cash for houses that people who have lived here for a while would have to finance. Yeah. Uh, but they're paying cash for houses that they intend to be their final purchase, their final big purchase sure. in their life. Uh, so they're able to do that a little bit more. We love that the property values are going up because one of the things that I feel is my responsibility as mayor is to make sure that your property appreciates in value, and appreciates mm-hmm. significantly. So if you own that property, at least if you're on your way to owning that property, you have a wonderful investment. Yeah. And I want to make sure that you see that appreciate. Absolutely. And, you know, it's such a great place to live. I mean, and everybody noticed that. And they're, they're seeing that because we have the best schools. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, people just get a feeling when they come here, just like when we moved here. And Kathleen always said, it, I just felt like this was home. Good. And, and, and it, it, people are nice. They, it's a welcoming thing. Like, you belong here. So mm-hmm. people are seeing that. There's also the people that have moved away for one reason or another. Maybe they went to school here when they were younger and they moved mm-hmm. away. Or maybe they lived here earlier on in their adult lives. But we're seeing a lot of people that are moving back because now they have the opportunity to live wherever they want and maintain the job that they've had mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah, And with all the, the, the things that are going on with the economy, uh, hopefully, <laughs> we don't know what's gonna be happening with that, but in the last year or so, I know we've, we've suffered quite a bit mm-hmm. with that. And uh, the amount of, of businesses looking to come here to Hendersonville, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and Gallatin too. I mean, they're getting their fair share of, of growth with businesses and corporations coming in. What do we look like as, as far as these like bigger, larger companies coming in? We've learned to be cautious when it comes to office developments. You know, so many, so many large employers, their office footprint has shrunk in the past two years. Mm-hmm. We totally get that. So many employees are working from, from home that used to drive to Nashville every day. What we're seeing though, is we're still seeing a lot of healthcare companies wanna to come to Sumner County, especially Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got Vanderbilt out here, we've got St. Thomas, we've got Loven Dermatology. We've got those folks that for a long time, those companies for a long time, expected people in Hendersonville to drive out to them. They've learned that they can't do that anymore, mm-hmm. that they can't maintain that expectation. So we're seeing a, a, a strong interest in healthcare, but we're also seeing, obviously with Music City Studios, a strong interest in entertainment as well. well. That they're seeing the talent that we have in Hendersonville and Sumner County, and they're making a conscious decision. The employee, employers are making a conscious decision to open a facility, open an employment center that is close to where there's, their employees are yeah. And easy on and off, 
to get downtown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it has everything. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. And I think that's going to affect a lot of things. I think it's going to affect the infrastructure, especially on West Main. It's going to affect the design elements, things that just have to prog- And I think it's going to make it progress faster than what it would have if they didn't come here. Just because of the, the sheer amount of talent, the kind of people, the celebrity-wise, are going to be coming to this town. So I we really look forward to that. And I hope that uh, everything is, is still working well for him. <laughs> it is. And, and I'll tell you, you, you sort of allow, allowed a little bit of a segue to talk about transportation. Music City Studios will be located right off of Vietnam Veterans Boulevard. Mm-hmm. But right now, there's no direct access from Vietnam Veterans Boulevard to, music, to, to Freehill Business Park, mm-hmm. which is where Music City Studios will be. Since Vietnam Veterans Boulevard was built, you know, really, really planned 30, 35 years ago, the Department of Transportation purchased the property to have access onto Forest Retreat Road. Music City Studios, in, in the next, gosh, five, six, seven years, there are going to be two right turns from Vietnam Veterans Boulevard when that access is built mm-hmm. and uh, when it's finished. Uh, so right now, that property isn't the easiest to get to. Yeah. But not too far in the future, it's going to be just two right turns right off Vietnam Veterans Boulevard. Yeah, yeah because you got Chief Bush blocking the road down there. He's going <laughs> to... You can't pass. <laughs> I always bust on him. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting time for this town, and I think it's going to attract a lot of businesses, supplemental businesses, maybe even more of those that will benefit and supplement the, the movie and entertainment business. Mm-hmm. It's it's looking good. Yeah, and that's sort of the concept of Music City Studios is their anchor is the Monolith, Monolith Studios, mm-hmm. but they will be essentially a shopping mall of other music and entertainment-related businesses that may or may not do business with Monolith, mm-hmm. but it's a place where anybody that is in that industry can come and find the service that they need. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this could be a great thing. Now, I know large corporations looking to, to come here. I know we're, we're kind of limited on mm-hmm. dirt mm-hmm. <laughs> in property. The one thing, that, and I've talked about this several times on the show, is I would just love to see, and I know it's not going to happen, but like a Branson kind of situation where we have theaters, and I, I know Conway tried to start that process and have like a, an attraction, tourist attraction coming here to Hendersonville, but to have a couple of theaters yeah. that you would have artists that do residencies and attract those people. You know, on Saundersville Road, looks like a good spot, but I don't know, it's probably not zoned for that, and there's a lot more complicated than I see yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to make yeah. that happen. But what we do have is we do have the Huck theater in absolutely Huckabee every friday night yeah uh, and i love it when he talks about on his show that he's coming from hendersonville yeah. tennessee that's just and phenomenal. they do mention it. it's not not yeah. nashville yeah yeah in yeah. <laughs> and the in the, the talent that he has out there and the personality he has out there are just tremendous they are it's good to have that here. yeah and you know Wynette turner is you know such a gem i mean she is just fabulous and it's such a supporter of the community you know huckabee studios in general are involved in the community which uh, is is a great thing and we we always like that so oh yeah Oh, yeah. I go out there. It's probably about every two months. I show up and uh, I wait till he offers to shake hands with everybody in the audience, and I let him finish with everybody else, and then I go up to him and what I tell him is, "Thank you for being here. It means a lot." Yeah. When you look at those license plates in the parking lot. A lot of them are not yeah. from Tennessee, yeah. and yeah. those people are spending the night and they're spending their money. But just think of all those individuals he's bringing in. They're pretty some, some good heavy hitter celebrities that mm-hmm. come right through our town. I mean, it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think once everybody knows the history of Hendersonville, it kind of you know makes them go really. 
really? Yeah. Wow, amazing. So what do we see uh, on the on the business front as far as you know, like current development? I know uh, across Indian Lake Boulevard where uh, Jonathan's and the mm-hmm. hotel is, there's something supposed to be going in there eventually. Over by Jonathan's, they have uh, zoning, they have permission for another hotel there that they've been working on for a little while. Yeah. Uh, obviously, building and building is uh, has gotten more expensive lately. <laughs> really? Uh, um, Texas Roadhouse is going to move over there. They need more space. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's doing, terrible to get in there. They're, oh, they're, <laughs> they're doing very well at Glenbrook, but yeah. they needed more space, so they're yeah. going to move over here. We always have interest from other from other restaurants, and we're seeing some of the restaurants that move from Nashville that are doing quite quite well out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very pleased at that because they're bringing folks out. Absolutely. From not just not just Hendersonville, but they're bringing folks from other areas. Well, I was glad to see when Sea Salt relocated here, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's brought a different level of dining mm-hmm. to our community. And Keith even said at the beginning he had six thousand reservations, and they weren't even open yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hello. Yeah, that's awesome. And then down Saundersville Road, we have another surgery center that's being built. That's right now. I was going to ask you that. Yep. That built, and you would think they would put up a sign to let everybody know what it is. Now they're just making you a guess. So <laughs> it's a surgery center. Okay. All right. So, yep. so we can just make that hospital row. Pretty close. <laughs> Medical row. So I mean, it starts just right around the corner from where we are with Ascension, uh, St. Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, and then goes all the way down to Loven Dermatology. And there's so much between here and there. Yes. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a lot of a great potential mm-hmm. going on here, and. The, the the sales tax have increased, mm-hmm. which is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting a lot more people coming here to shop. I, I would just you know be anxious to see how our smaller businesses mm-hmm. kind of rise up from a couple of years ago, which tanked a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, we see it right here at the streets of Indian Lake. What happened? You know, with these smaller folks, uh, you just can't do it. But we got new restaurants starting to pop up. New businesses are, are negotiating with here. You know, out in Gallatin, we got Meta coming in. Um, you know, there's just a lot of great things that are, are going to be happening here. I've said it many times that we owe a lot, an awful lot of appreciation to the Chamber of Commerce as well as to Mauricio Sanchez with Eat Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. And some of the small businesses you just mentioned. Uh, they have been lifted up by the chamber and by Mauricio with Eat Hendersonville. Uh, that they're bringing, they're they're bringing some attention to those businesses that otherwise they wouldn't get. Yeah. One of the things that I do is when I have a meeting with folks, is I say, hey, let's meet at Lily Bella's or let's meet at Stomping Grounds. I want to find out somewhere they haven't been. Right. The people I'm meeting, and I go and I, and I want them to come there. Or let's let's go, you know, to a restaurant that they haven't been to. Uh, and repeatedly, people tell me, I didn't even know this place was here. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It is. But you know, I think when, when people come to a, a town, they, they want to go someplace that's unique to that area, not a chain kind of set. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you just go, eh, let's try something we haven't experienced. So it's a good thing. We've, we've got several of those, so yeah. that, that's a good thing. We um, we're going to take a break real quick. And on the other side, uh, we have so much to talk about. This might last for a couple of days in here, so get ready for it. And we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Summer County Spotlight with Jeff Shannon right here on the Sunday morning. And, you know, we have so much to talk about. We're, we've been talking with uh, Mayor Jamie Clary, Mayor of Hendersonville. You know, Mayor, I think here recently we've had several concerning situations. We had a tornado. We had snowfall. We had a, a number of, of different things that happened that kind of affected our city greatly. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the tornado. That, came, that was the first a- a action, I guess. One of the things we have to remember with tornado is that we didn't lose anything that was irreplaceable. 
Uh, we had a couple minor injuries. We didn't mm-hmm. have any major injuries. We didn't have any loss of life. Which is amazing to it, me. It absolutely yeah. is. When you look at some of the houses and the way those trees came down, it was almost like there was a magnetic field <laughs> pushing trees away <laughs> from some houses. Yeah. Obviously, we had some houses that were heavily hit, uh, and we hate that. Overall, what we saw in the city was in the neighborhood of about 1,200 yards that were affected. And since, since the morning uh, after the tornado, We've had our folks out there working to remove debris, and we've had help from Sumner County and from Gallatin and from Portland and White House and Millersville and yeah. Phillipsville. It's been amazing to yes. see that help from the other cities. Yes. And we're talking about that, you know, the morning after the tornado, that if you look down Luna Lane, you couldn't figure out where the yard was and where the road right. was. There was there was no visual that showed you pavement. And these are old, old trees. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're talking about 40 and 50 year old trees. Oh, that's Uh, terrible. Very, very big trees that the average person couldn't just haul to the curb, as it took an awful lot of effort to Mm -hmm. get those trees. Tons of volunteers just showed up. Not just the cities that helped us out, but tons of volunteers. And I know some folks that just drove around with chainsaws. And when they saw there was a need, they'd spend a couple hours helping those folks. Yeah, that's Uh, awesome. Just phenomenal. and it actually happened at probably the best time of year for it to happen is that when it comes down to what the functions of the city are especially when it comes to public works if there's a downtime for public works it's december and january Mm -hmm. um, if there is such a thing so we were able to move some of our staff from some other responsibilities and to help with debris removal we've now been removing debris from people's front yards for a month wow Um, we have with the help of, of volunteers and the help of the other cities we have removed, we're getting close to 700 loads uh, of debris from people's yards to our mulching facility, which is about six miles away in most cases, maybe eight miles. And that takes some time, but 600 loads, we're getting close, like I said, to almost 700. We still have the neighborhood of 1,000 yards with debris. Wow. And it's not that we haven't gotten to those yards. A lot of those yards, we've already removed the debris that's at the curb, and they've replaced it with more. <laughs> more uh, because, like you said, some of those trees, they're just so large, yeah. and that the amount of debris that we've got to remove is just is just so sizable that it's going to take some yeah. time. Yeah, and, and a lot of this is done by crane, because these, you know, these trunks are heavy, and they're huge. You can only cut them down so far, but you still have to have a crane to lift that stuff up, and that's a slow process. Oh, it is. And you can only fit so much into a truck, then you got to come back and, yep. you know. So, so this this week, I'm glad you mentioned that. This week, we have some volunteers from Rogers Group, the company that does our paving. They have shown up with four trucks and with four crews, and what they're doing is they're assisting that crane, that knuckle boom, that big grabber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so their trucks are taking, their trucks are being used to drive the, the tree limbs and the tree trunks from the yards to the mulching center. Mm-hmm. So then that knuckle boom can load up another truck and stay right there and continue, okay, and yeah. continue to pick stuff up. You just up. got them lined up. and just, Exactly. Okay. And so we very much appreciate Rogers Group helping out with that at no charge to the city. Wow. Uh, we have hired a okay. couple of for-profit companies, and we're still looking for more for-profit companies to help because of what you hit on just a second ago is the other weather events. We were worried very much on Sunday with all the rain we got. How well is this rain going to drain when you have so many tree limbs and what is the drainage way? That's right. (laughs) Um, You know, we got a season's worth of snow in about four hours last week. That's right. Uh, And then the rain came. We were very worried Sunday. What's going to happen? Fortunately, we had cleared for the most part and people were careful about what they placed in the drainage ways 
and the water drained pretty well. We mm-hmm. did have some areas that concerned us a little bit, but yeah. the water drained pretty well. So in a month, we had a tornado, we had a, <laughs> a season's worth of snow, and then we had a heavy rain. And I think that we're coming out of it yeah. pretty well. Well, I know Lower Station Camp Creek was, it, it didn't crest, it was right close, close. Right close. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, William Lee Golden was looking at that real heavy, watching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I drove down there, and that's right outside the city, but obviously affects some, some houses it does. in the city. Yeah. It was just getting up to the road, and I came back a little while ago, and it had gone down, so that made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Well, it, it also, I guess, affected our garbage pickup mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. for a couple of days anyway. How, how are we looking on that? So this is a tough one. It's tough for me to quite understand what all had happened. So we had we, we hired the company Waste Pro, and we talked with them on Wednesday uh, before the snow because they had missed a couple houses, a couple streets. When they do that, their plan is always the next day, that's the first priority, is to get those streets that they missed the day before. Mm-hmm. We've always insisted on that. But the next day was Thursday. So they're able to get a little bit of what was remaining from Wednesday, but they weren't able to get all of Thursday's route, weren't able to get all of Friday's route because we had snow and ice on the uh, on the ground, and we didn't think it was a good idea for anybody to be driving, especially, yeah. especially trash trucks. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't work Saturday either because we still had some ice on the ground and it was it was dangerous in that situation really until about noon or one o'clock on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So Waste Pro let us know that the way that they were going to resume was just go back to the regular routes. And we pushed back a little bit on that because we said the people on Thursday and Friday, they never got picked up. So they're full. <laughs> exactly. So they explained to us this way and, and it ended up making sense to me was that if we wanted them to pick up Thursday people on Monday and Friday people on Tuesday, they were it was going to take them two weeks to get caught up. Yeah. Not only that, but the people who are Thursday houses, they didn't know to put their trash out on Monday. The people on Friday, they didn't know to put their trash out on Tuesday. Yeah. So when Waste Pro would go back on Monday and let's say maybe 20% of the folks didn't know to take, put their trash out, those people are then going to be calling and then the Thursday person, instead of being a Monday person, becomes a Tuesday person. What a nightmare. So exactly. Oh my gosh. So Waste Pro's solution to this was that the folks who are who are Thursday and Friday, they were going to miss service that week. Um, and they were going to get picked up and probably have two weeks worth of garbage mm-hmm. this coming Thursday and Friday. I talked with our chief of operations and our, our public works director and really what we came up with was that this was the least bad option. And really that's what it was because of the snow. When we miss multiple days, you can't just pick it all up the next day. Multiple days become a huge problem to pick up. And had we we gone and and picked up the folks on the Thursday people on Monday, it would have taken us weeks to get caught up and people would not have known what day they were. It's like almost like a domino kind of it thing. Very it's much just is. wow. I mean, it you, it just is. so just cut it, get back to go. normal schedule, and then we'll go yep. from there. We need to stop those dominoes from falling. Yeah. Hopefully, and I should knock on the wood right here in front of me. <laughs> hopefully, we won't have a snow event like that that's going to knock us out for multiple days. Hopefully, not knock those folks out for multiple. Yeah. Days. So it's it, you know the weather. Yeah. Well, it's hard to control, but oh, we, we got to deal with it. But I, I will say, you know, our public works department does an outstanding job, and, and they're they're on top of a lot of things. And to keep up with everything that's going on, kudos. Oh, yeah. And one of the things I, that I really appreciate about our public works department is these are guys that can dig a ditch. These are guys that can pick up limbs. But these are also guys that can sit down and talk to people and, and talk about their problems. Mm-hmm. And it's a great mix of personalities that we have there. That These folks understand what their responsibilities are and what they need to get done in the course of the day, but they also understand that they're public servants and they do a wonderful job yeah so our new public works director is it's sarah Locke, and she's been with us for about five or six years okay she became our public works director uh just in the past several months she's phenomenal yeah and she brings an awful lot of experience to us she's very responsive 
uh, very personable, and we're happy to have her. Well, and she has history here, so she I mean, I, th- I think that helps because you got to know what was or what happened back then in order to adjust for current stuff. So, I, it, yeah, that's great. It certainly does. Yeah. And they have a great mix of personalities in their public works department. Like I said, they can understand the, the accountability portion of it and the responsibilities that are very finite, but also understand that relationships are important. Right. And, and just to that point, our relationship with Rogers Group, as far as our paving company, mm-hmm. Certainly helped with them stepping forward and saying, we're gonna volunteer four trucks and eight people to help you out. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, thank yeah. you. Now, at one maybe a year or so ago, we were jumping on this ADA compliance mm-hmm. for the city, and that—that's, I guess, Arlene Cunningham was in charge of that or involved in that committee. I guess everything's moving along nicely with that. It is. We have a, a staff. We have a staff member in our public works department that ADA is her responsibility. Wow. And so, so much right. of what goes through City Hall, she takes a look at and makes sure that's ADA compliant. But what she's also doing is she's also reviewing. You know, the infrastructure we have right now to check on that to make sure that we are getting better at the, our ADA compliance. Mm-hmm. We need to continue to uh, make modifications and mm-hmm. make improvements. Uh, and sometimes sometimes we've just grown to accept some of the deficiencies we have. We can't do that any longer. Yeah. You know, I know we have a lot of topics to top, mm-hmm. talk about. Is, is there anything you definitely want to get across right now? Did I mention that we're the 16th best city to live in? in I did not hear States? that. Okay. You, in fact, say it again. So, well, recently, Money Magazine came out with a, came out with a, a rating of all the cities in, uh, in, in the country, and we were rated number 16. And I yeah. think that's just absolutely phenomenal. Certainly recognizes one of the items that you hit on is the quality of schools. Yeah. But it's also parks it's also public safety it's also our infrastructure it's also the fact that we're right next to the lake and there are many many reasons that people choose to live here and many many reasons people mm-hmm. choose not to leave right well and and two you know our public safety is top notch i mean you have the best fire department the, the best police department mm-hmm. and you know the crime rate and what chief miller has been doing and to, to fight that and all of the things we have in place mm-hmm. to kind of be proactive mm-hmm. and when it comes to that with our our license plate cameras oh, yeah. and things like that is is pretty impressive yeah and you mentioned the fire department we have an iso rating which essentially measures the level of fire safety you mm-hmm. have in a community and we're way down there as far as what what we're the the our rating is and that's where you want to be is you, you want, want the lowest low, you rate. want the lower rating. yeah yeah and we are down there with just a handful of other cities in tennessee yeah. with our protection and that's not just our firefighters but it's also it's it's the level of education they have the level of experience they have it's what we do in fire prevention and it's our codes department and making sure that they are safe and you mentioned our, our police departments and our cameras is a couple years ago we had a, a lot of thugs coming from nashville to come to hendersonville to commit their crimes mm-hmm. and we combated that first by going and catching them we chased them down to nashville uh, but we also combated that by uh, putting up some LPR cameras, license plate readers. Mm-hmm. So when somebody comes in the city of Hendersonville in a car that's stolen, or if somebody comes into Hendersonville in a car that's theirs and they have outstanding warrants, we get notified of that. And we that's have some great. cameras around Hendersonville. Great. I'm not going to yeah. tell you where those cameras are. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have some cameras around Hendersonville. And when those cars pass and, our, and those cameras pick them up, our dispatchers are alerted to that. And then we have officers that will do their best to find where that car is. We yeah. had a hit just a couple of days ago uh, and ended up arresting three or four people uh, that were in that car. Right. And, I, and I've said this, too, that you know a lot of these, I won't call them gentlemen. Yeah. I'll call them a different word, mm-hmm. not on air. But yeah. they, they, they think they want to come to Hendersonville, commit a crime. And whether it be a smash and grab, shoplifting, mm-hmm. whatever. And I've always said that you come to Hendersonville to commit a crime, you're going to jail. Yep. You're yep. going to get caught. Yep. And you're going to jail. Yep. And they, you will be prosecutors. None of this uh, fluffy negotiation yep. stuff. You're yep. going. We have the benefit of having a prosecutor in Sumner County, Ray Whitley, that is entirely on the police officer's side. There's no doubt about that. But what he also does is he also makes sure that 
the judges have the opportunity to charge these individuals or move these individuals to adult court. Mm -hmm. Because we have a lot of 15 and 16 year olds and 14 year olds that have committed multiple crimes and in some cases violent crimes and our district attorney will do his best to charge yeah. them as adults. Yeah, and there was just recently in Nashville that, that it's just been on the news this week where a lady was carjacked okay. by a 15-year-old. Okay. They end up catching them, but it's like okay. their life is ruined. I mean, what are they thinking? This is yeah. what I don't I don't get, you know. That's a different show. It is, it is. It <laughs> so is. what else do we have? So, you know, you hit on public safety a little bit. That's huge. I also want to hit on some of our other departments. I mentioned a little bit our codes department. They have been incredibly busy this year, uh, <laughs> not just with the number of houses, uh, but with also the number of businesses. I think we permitted 454 new houses in Hendersonville, and that's a record. Wow. The challenge there is that we have to have the infrastructure because that's new people. The census showed us that we had 61,000 people in April of 2020. Here we are in January 2022. It's probably more like 63 or 64,000 at this point. So there's certainly a challenge there in, in providing the infrastructure. One of the things that I'm going to ask the Board of Maine Alderman to do is to spend more money on um, roads. Uh, we did so well. Well, you've been on that for, for oh, years. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the, the thing. Five you years, know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, the bigger picture is that about infrastructure. Is, you know, and that, that's drainage. Um, that's, you know, that's parks. Uh, but for the most part, that's going to be our roads. Because yeah. we had roads that that were on a schedule to be paved about once every 40 years. Mm-hmm. They need to be paved about once every 10 to 12. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing our best to catch up. So when we see that our sales tax is coming in better, like it did last year, um, I'm gonna go back to the board here in the next couple of weeks and ask for more money for paving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's, the, uh, that's the consequence of growing with new houses like we are, is that we've gotta take better care of infrastructure. And Forest Park hadn't even... Oh. They're just broke ground, but that's wow, that's 600 and something plus homes Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting. It will. Um, will. But I think it's look, the way the housing market is right now, Mm -hmm. it's on fire and it's like there's not enough uh, property around there. Too many people wanting to come here. And good news is that we are not increasing our tax rate, our property tax rate. And we people have. love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, and that's huge. As I know the county did, and sometimes people claim that, that Hendersonville increased by 32%. That was Davidson County. That wasn't us. Yeah. Um, if you want to go pay higher property tax and, and have a lower quality life, Davidson County's your place. Yeah. Uh, but if, you, if you're if you looking for the quality of life that we have out here, we very much welcome you. Uh, it's important to me, like I said, that we make sure that, that your property investment here appreciates in value. That's what I want to see. Yeah. That's a huge okay. investment for you. Just like if you were to invest in stocks or mutual funds, I want you to do well. Yeah. If you're gonna invest in Henderson, I want you to do well. Yeah. It's truly amazing what's been going on. I'm, I'm loving people coming back to normalcy, that the, the restaurants are flourishing, the shopping has increased, mm-hmm. people are getting out. And, and let's just hope that this Omicron and everything that's, that's mm-hmm. going on doesn't uh, move us backwards. Yeah. you know, anymore. I continue to pay attention to what's going on in the news uh, about that. And I just wish that we could see, we thought we saw a light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. you know, in March of last year. I'd like to know where that light is. Yeah. Well, let's make it get nice and bright, folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, we, hey, we're wrapping up our time here together. I appreciate you so much for coming in and taking the time to do this. I know how uh, busy things are down at City Hall and things are looking good. I appreciate that, Jeff. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap up this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. We'll be right back with more. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. Welcome back to Sumter County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon, and uh, we're going to 
continue on. We have another guest in the studio. I want to introduce you to Mark Brown. Now, Mark, I, I just met the other day and I'm quite impressed. Uh, he's a professional speaker and the magician <laughs> based out of uh, Nashville. Now, his abilities have taken him all over the country where he's really spoken and performed in over 20, 45 states. Can't under, undersell that. And he's currently performs weekly at the House of Cards downtown while continuing to travel around the country to educate and entertain a wide variety of audiences. Now, he engages with his audience through his interactive messages that make for actually memorable events. Mark, man, thank you for for jumping in here. We appreciate you coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Tell us more about yourself. Yeah, so I am pretty new to the area, actually. Uh, originally, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, and grew up there, love Cleveland, but I went to college down in Florida, which is where I met my wife. Okay. Uh, we where went, in Florida? I uh, went in Pensacola, so okay. right there in the in the panhandle, yes. about 10 minutes from the beach. A lot of folks here know Pensacola and the panhandle, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was great. I uh, met my wife, and we graduated in May of 2019. And after that, we signed a contract to travel the country for two years. In our travels, we went to 43 different states. We saw pretty much the whole country, and this was our favorite area. And so when we finished our contract, we moved. Uh, Technically, we're up in Gallatin right now. Okay. Well, all right. Well, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> You're here. Now, what does your wife do? So uh, she, uh, while we were traveling, actually started her own small business. Uh, she wrote and self-published her first book. Uh, she, she runs a blog, and she's uh, looking to get more involved in the community right now, but okay. for now, she works on her own things. Good. So what's her specialty? Uh, writing. She is a very gifted okay. writer. Good. Um, so that's her specialty. She's also great at planning. She's helped plan and uh, do things with uh, weddings and events. She's very detail-oriented and does a great job with everything she does. Okay, so Mark, so how did you get involved in, in doing the speaking, and, and what are your main topics that you speak on and motivate people at? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, speaking has always been a passion of mine through uh, different stages in my life. I grew up speaking at churches a lot, as well as uh, events. And then when I started in magic, that obviously gets you in front mm-hmm. of a lot of people. Uh, currently, I have a couple main talks. I love speaking to schools. I love working with kids. And one of my programs is called The Magic of Kindness, which is where uh, I help show them the importance of being kind to each other. And I use magic to help illustrate my messages. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't heard that done before, but that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's great. It helps, uh, again, with the memorable side of things. It helps them remember the different points right. and gets them involved in having a good time. So how would you actually approach a school system to, to put you on the list to, to come in and I guess you have to be background checked and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, a lot of it, uh, I've been blessed to have a lot of opportunities. So I've got quotes and uh, other schools can reach out to schools for me, but also I do a lot of my own scheduling. Mm-hmm. And so I reach out to schools. I have schools reach out to me. It's a, it's a little give, a little take. Yeah. Well, you have a planner in the house so she can plan your schedule. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, on the corporate side of things, uh, my main talk is is uh, something I believe we're going to discuss a little bit today. Yep. And it's uh, the talk is called Instant Networking Connections. So it's how to connect with someone quickly and authentically. Right. Well, you know, in these times, business the way it is, it's all over the place and people are suffering. And I think the, the art of networking and getting to, to build relationships, which is really what that's about, number one, is really key. And I think people have to really learn because you see so many people doing it wrong. <laughs> 
totally. So yeah. how do you approach somebody with uh, in your message? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, really, it is a little bit of what you said is realizing that in connecting with someone, whether it's someone you've just met or someone you've been doing business with, it's it's not about you. Uh, it's, it's about them. It's about connecting with them, making them feel important, making them feel heard. In fact, uh, the the acronym for my talk is the keyword listen, which oh, is kind of a, a double play in that one of the big secrets is just listening yeah. and learning to be a good listener, but also each letter of it stands for one of the areas that you can improve in. That's right. And I, I like your note card here. It's got a little bio card on here and it has on the back notes and listen. So you write that down there. What, what do you tell people? Because the, the number one thing I hear is people say, I get introduced to people and two seconds later, I can't remember their name. Yeah. What's what's the trick for that? Yeah. So uh, learning and re- remembering someone's name is key uh, when you meet someone, especially to to be remembered. And so uh, through through the years, I've picked up some tricks because I used to be that guy that said, "Oh, I'm just bad with names. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm better with faces than I am yeah, names." Yeah, which yeah. How, is that ever really true? Yeah. <laughs> and so some things that I've learned and uh, picked up that have helped me is in my first response to someone, as soon as I meet them, I'm going to use their name. So if I had just met you, you know, hey, my name is Mark, what's your name? And you say, your name is Jeff. In my first response, I'll say, Jeff, it is a pleasure to meet you. Or uh, how are you doing today, Jeff? So making sure to, in that first sentence, implement mm-hmm. their name, that helps solidify it in, in a pretty simple way. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Because I've, I've done the same thing. You meet people, it's noisy, you don't really pick it up like that. I think what you said, it, when you have a name like that, the more you see that person, the more it's going to solidify and, and, and stay with you. But networking is just not a, a one-shot deal. You show up at a networking event one time and expect to get anything. It's not going to happen. If, if it did, you'd be really lucky. Yeah. But yeah. A lot of people get frustrated. Well, I did that, but I didn't get anything. Well, you attended one meeting. You know, you you were at a, a luncheon you, and, and passing business cards out. Kathleen calls it business card psychos. And they, all they do is go around passing their cards out and think, and you know where those cards go, right? Yeah. Trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't remember. Mm-hmm. So you didn't make an impression on them. So I guess that's one of the things you, you have to do is impress on them and, and make something memorable that they're going to remember you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Dale Carnegie is famous for saying uh, that a person's name is the sweetest sound in any language. We love hearing our own names. And so having the ability to remember someone's name, not just at that first event, but the next time you see them the next week, immediately hitting them with their name, that is just a, a powerful statement that says, I remember you and I care about you. Right. And that's, that's impressive. They, you know, a month later they go, Hey, how you doing, Jeff? It's like, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. good. Impressive. Um, so, yeah, I just getting these, uh, starting with somebody, I guess when you're, you're doing a program, you, you have to start and, and kind of break it down for them, the different steps that you have. So if you're listening, what would come next? Yeah. So after you learn their name, uh, intentional questions. Uh, learning to be a good question asker uh, is, is extremely powerful. I think in today's day and age, people oftentimes don't know how to ask questions. They don't know how to conversate. And so if you can learn to ask a good question, uh, there's a lot of benefits that come from that. Absolutely, and and don't sell them. See, that, that thing, one pe- they, they get that wrong. You know, especially, you know, if you're dealing with people like insurance that are heavily sales. I mean, you know that, okay, here comes this guy, he's gonna try to sell me insurance or something. The people that do that, 
instant turnoff. My brain shut down. That's not what it's about. You're not there to sell your product. You're there to sell yourself. So yeah, absolutely. And in that, along with question asking and not selling right away, being able to talk about things more than just what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in in magic, sometimes magicians are known for that. All they can talk about is magic. (laughs) I I can learn a lot uh, at the House of Cards. I meet a lot of magicians. In the first five sentences, a lot of them are already telling me about magic tricks that they do because that's all (laughs) they can talk about. And so learning to ask good questions about more than just what you care about is, uh, is vital. Well, I think it's also vital that you get them talking about themselves because people love talking about themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's key. You get them talking about themselves and you're asking them questions about what they do versus, uh, I'm going to give you my bio right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. And uh, after you've asked those intentional questions, the, the next letter and listen is S and it's for staying engaged because you can ask a good question, but if you're not actively listening to it, mm-hmm. you know, you, you lose some of your momentum. In the book, uh, Never Split the Difference, yeah, the author is talking about listening and he says that listening is not a passive action. It should be the most active thing that we do. And oftentimes, you know, I didn't think about listening as being something active, but really we need to be involved in listening to the answers that we're being given. Sure. I mean, this can go with anything, not not just as a business networking event, Mm -hmm. but just in in the course of life when you engage people. Another thing that I I found annoying, and you probably uh, might even be talking about this, but is eye contact. Yeah. You go to these networking, it's so busy. Hey, how you doing? They're way, what's going on? You you know, but it's eye contact. And somebody that's sitting there and you're talking to them and they're looking over here, they have no clue what you're saying and there's no engagement. So it's like... Okay. Yeah. Lose interest right there. Yeah, absolutely. Eye contact is vital. And one of the things that I've learned that I love sharing with people is um, with eye contact, you obviously can't have 100% eye contact. If you're just looking at them and nothing but their eyes. They're going to think you're freaking. Yeah, it gets a little scary. And so one of the biggest tips that I can give is after you've made good eye contact and you look away, remain engaged. You say, well, how do you remain engaged if you're looking away? Well, you can remain engaged through facial gestures, through verbal responses, showing the person who's talking that even though I'm not looking at you right now, I'm still engaged in this conversation. That's that's a big thing that I've learned. And and I learned as many celebrities as I've been around and the shows that we've done and things Mm -hmm. like that, I've seen the celebrities that know how to engage people. And when you look at them and they're, they can care less what, there's they got so many people, but if you don't make eye contact and they're looking away, it's just the instant turnoff to me because yeah. those people are what made you. And you could be anybody, a, a pastor, a, a CEO of a company or whatever the case is where people are looking up to you and you're not looking at them and, and engaging with, it's instant turnoff. Yeah, yeah. So I, people, eye contact, that's it, <laughs> without being creepy. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it is funny because once you've asked the questions and you've shown that you're a good listener, uh, you, you'd be surprised how quickly people open up to you. Be- because listening is such a lost art, people, if they find that you're genuine and that you mm-hmm. care, even if you've just met them, that they'll open up with things you never would. Sure. Uh, I, I do not, recommend this um, in any way. But when I was uh, in between my freshman year of college, I was home, I got my wisdom teeth removed. Oh, interesting. So I was on a lot of medication. I should not have been driving, but I was. So obviously I do not recommend that, but 
as I was on my way home, uh, unfortunately, I, I closed my eyes, I opened my eyes, and I saw a parked car in front of me. And so Ooh. I ended up crashing into the back of them. And so the guy got out of the car. He was not happy, obviously. A teenage kid just hit him in the back. We were parked on the highway. There was traffic. It was already oh, a bad incident. Nightmare. And so he was not happy with me. And I you're was, mumbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know where I was, but oh. um, it was winter in Cleveland. And so it was very cold. And we ended up, I got in his car and he drove me about 10 minutes away to drop me off somewhere that my parents could come pick me up. And that was in nice. that 10 minutes, despite me, a teenage kid who just hit his car, I began to talk to him and, and asked him some questions. And he opened up to me. I'm not kidding. He opened up to me about some problems he was having at work, some problems he was having in his marriage. And wow. he's telling this random 19 year old kid and he began to cry to me in this 10 minute drive. Why? Because I was listening, because I was asking totally. questions and showed that I cared despite the circumstances yeah. we were in. Wow. I mean, that, that's an amazing story. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's you'd be amazed once you start finding out about people that how, how much maybe you have in common yeah. or things that you, you, I mean, not that you're going to be a therapist, but the fact that you can engage with them and then they show that you are interested. And I mean, that, that goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you should say that because that's actually the next letter uh, is T, take advantage of commonalities. Uh, there is not much of a faster way to connect with someone than to find that common ground. I, I've mentioned a couple times, I'm from Cleveland, so I'm from Ohio. And if I'm in my travels, anytime I see someone with an Ohio State hat or an Ohio shirt, I'm going to yell out, OH, and they will respond, <laughs> IO. And yeah, yeah. there is an instant connection there that just comes and brings a lot of common ground. And so taking advantage of those commonalities is huge when meeting someone when yeah. connecting no absolutely and i think it's it, it's important because i think i started looking at this several years ago it seems like everybody in ohio was moving <laughs> they're exiting ohio it's like in florida we lived in florida mm -hmm. everybody that i would meet was from ohio yeah it's like What's going on there? <laughs> but if you're from Ohio, you're very loyal yes, yeah. to Ohio. <laughs> and all, all of my wife's family is, for, you know, kind of from Ohio, Youngstown, and okay. at that area. So it's, uh, you know, we had that that thing. But I would always tease Ohioans, <laughs> yeah, uh, that hey. Nobody's left living there anymore. So so what's next on our list? Yeah, so in taking advantage of commonalities, there's one more thought I would add. And it's once you find those common grounds when you're connecting with someone, because yep. oftentimes this will happen if you're at an event where people have similar jobs. Yeah. Everything is not a competition. Uh, yeah. If you've met someone and they're telling you a story and you know that you have a better story than them, <laughs> you don't have to share it. True. Let them have their moment. Make them feel important. Because yeah. if you're trying to connect with someone, you're not going to help it by by one-upping them, yeah. by taking their story and doing it better. Yeah. Uh, in my travels, oftentimes you'd be surprised how many times someone would want to show me a magic trick. I'm not going to one-up them as soon as they do. I'm going to let them have their moment. I'm going to let them enjoy it because that, that builds yeah, yeah. a connection. Hey, we got, a, I guess, another letter we got to cover as well. We're going to yeah. take a break real quick, okay? FNM Bank, our sponsor, got to get a word out. So let's uh, check it out. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Hey, welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight on this sunny morning. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. Good to have you along visiting with us. We're going to continue uh, our conversation. Now, uh, the, Mark Brown, and he's a speaker and a magician, and we're going to jump into some magic, but I want to continue talking about our, our listening skills that we have and what's next on our 
our list here. Yeah, so we're getting down to the final two letters. So yep. the second to last letter, E, uh, stands for educate yourself. And there's a, a lot of different ways that this can go when you're networking, when you're connecting with people. Uh, and we kind of hit it a little bit earlier, and it's just being able to talk about more than what you do for a living. Being right. able to have a conversation, this is an important one, being able to have a conversation about something that you do not know anything about. Oh, and yeah. so, you know, that, that, that was a, a trick for me. You know, how am I gonna uh, converse with someone in a way where I don't sound like I'm uneducated, but yet I don't understand the topic. And here's something that has really helped me and I'll share with you. It's repeating the last word or the last thought that mm -hmm. somebody says when they're talking to me. So let's imagine someone asks me what I did earlier today. And being a magician, I have to practice a lot, right? And so I say, oh, I've had a good day. I was practicing my diagonal palm shift. Now, most of you listening probably do not know and should not know what a diagonal palm shift is. But if you're listening to me, you can simply repeat that last thought and say, diagonal palm shift, and then I will go on to explain. Yeah. And that is a great, simple way to continue a conversation, oh, yeah. even though it's something you don't know anything about. Right. So educating yourself to do that. Another great way is just to um, broaden the, the resources that you learn from, whether it's podcasts, radio shows, mm -hmm. uh, news channels, books, educating yourself on a broad variety of topics so that you can have a conversation about politics, sure. about sports, a lot of these different things that will help you connect with someone. Right. And I think listening is is really key. If you're listening to what they're saying and you're they're going to say something that you can continue the conversation about. Mm -hmm. Well, I did not know that. Wow, that's how, how does that work? I mean, there's tons of questions. A lot of people say, I don't, I don't know what to ask. I mean, you don't go in with a, a set list of questions. Yeah, yeah. Because then you're robotic and you're not you're not genuine. So, and people can sense that if you're just there, you know, shooting the bull with them, and they, you can care less. They can tell. But I think it's it's important that you know you feed off what they're saying so that you can engage with them. For sure. Yeah. And I think realizing that you don't have to be the one talking <laughs> is vital in that step. It's okay to ask a question and listen for a while. Sure. Jordan Peterson, in his book, 12 Rules for Life, he says that when you're listening to someone, assume that they know something that you don't. Mm -hmm. The goal in coming out of a conversation should be to come out of it wiser than you went in. So when you're asking these questions, when you're talking with someone, be actively listening, not just to connect with them, but to learn and grow yourself. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of what you said here today it's like wow great i mean these these are tips folks that you can use they're not that hard i mm -hmm. mean it's a lot of it's pretty common yeah. sense yeah that if you follow it's just you have you have to when you're in a situation of networking and you're trying to engage in people and you're trying to build relationships you have to do all of these steps but you you can do them and make it a part of your every everyday networking events so yeah absolutely uh another thing more specifically when it comes to educating yourself is if you know who you're going to meet with it, it's 2020 22. We can find a lot of information oh, yeah. about a lot of people. So educating yourself about the person you're going to meet can help a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm one of the magicians downtown at the House of Cards. And when I was going into my interview, I knew that I was going to be talking with the the GM. His name's Joey Martinez. And so before our talk, Joey, I, uh, yeah, I, I looked him up on Facebook. And if he's listening to this, he's going to learn how I did this magic trick. But on his Facebook, I learned his birthday. I learned some information about him. So when I met him, the conclusion of the first trick was, boom, I predicted his birthday. And he was mind blown. You know, what was the secret? 
I oh, looked him up gr- on Facebook. That's so a great trick. I, I went into a meeting prepared, and you don't have to tell them that you know all these things sure, already, yeah. right? But if conversation is, is lagging and you've done your research, you can subtly bring up these things that you already know to help connect with them even faster. That's 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 funny. <laughs> My first trick, I'm going to guess your birthday. <laughs> ah. It was a little more indirect than yeah, that, but yeah, that was yeah. essentially it. No, that's yeah. awesome. And then uh, the, the last letter, after you've done all of these things, after you've connected with them, you, you know their name, you've learned about them because you're listening, you're asking questions, you're engaged in the conversation, that's when you can start the networking. And mm-hmm. you, know, you even mentioned it earlier, this talk is more than just for business. A lot of these tips will help you in your uh, family relationships, in mm-hmm. your social life, in these things. But if you're specifically looking for business, that last step of networking, uh, you can now build upon these talking about business cards. You know, yeah. How many times have we given a business card yeah. knowing we're never gonna hear from this person yeah. again? So yeah. one of the first things I learned is I never give a business card without asking for a business card. Mm-hmm. Why? Because now their information is in my hand. Follow-up, continuing that conversation is now in, in my court so I can act upon it. I don't have to rely on them reaching out to me. Another thing I do with their business card is after the conversation, once I've learned some specific things about them, whether it be uh, an upcoming anniversary, maybe one of their kids is gonna graduate from college, once I leave that conversation, I write everything I can on the back of their business card. Wow. All of this important information. Why? Because when I follow up with them the next day, I'm gonna be able to give them specifics from our conversation. Exactly. Maybe their birthday's in a month. I can reach out to them and they'll be like, whoa, this guy remembered my birthday. He's, you know, He cares about me. It gives you that level up of a connection simply by listening and writing it down on the back of their business card. Here's a scenario. So you run into a, a, a guy at a networking event and you're both using the same techniques. <laughs> so you're both finding out about each other and, and, and you know, he has to quit and you're finding out about him and he's finding out about you and then it goes back and forth and back and forth and where does it go where you separate that to go i'd love to do business with you or you said Let's set up a time to where we can, you know, yeah. go down to stomping grounds or whatever, have, you know, coffee and talk or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So th- that is a big thing in networking is setting up a one-on-one. So if you have that initial conversation and you find that you're connecting pretty well, but you've only got a couple minutes, mm-hmm. take advantage, Once you, whether it be in person that day or uh, one thing I recommend is within 24 hours of getting any business card, I am going to either send them a text or send them an email. Mm-hmm. Just thanking them for, for meeting them, for having a conversation with you, for taking time out of their their day to, to mm-hmm. spend with you. And if you found that you had that connection, then in that text or email, say, hey, I'd love to grab a cup of coffee. I'd yeah. love to learn more about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think that that follow-up, a lot of people do not do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get the card and it's there. Yeah. And then you go through them and you have a whole stack of them and you go, ah, I don't know. And then you throw it away because you, you totally forget what's going on. But I like your idea of the follow-up, you know, writing the, the notes on there so you have that uh, information that you can remember if you're talking to a lot of people, yeah. but you can remember that and engage with them after. They're gonna be impressed with it that you actually even remembered that. Yeah. And if they're doing the same thing, it's like, now you're back here again. Let's talk over, you know, for coffee, whatever. Yeah. But I think it's it's important, but you have to train yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. Not just take the card, throw it in your pocket, and then try to remember it. I'm guilty of that, totally. Um, and I wish I was I was better at it, but you know, you make notes, I'd love that idea, and then we just kind of you know go for there and, and establish that, get that one-on-one, for yeah. sure. Now I know people listening won't be able to see this, but okay. I can show you. Uh, I think it's so important. I even have a business card that says your business card. So if I'm <laughs> meeting someone and they don't have a card, yeah. I say, oh, it's okay, I've got your business card in my wallet. 
they're confused. I pull it out. It says your business card, and on the back, they can put all of their information. Okay. There's even a spot on the bottom there for me to write these notes that I talked about. Why? Because I need to get an, uh, some way to remain in touch with them. Yeah. So something as, as interesting, as funny as having your sure. business card that will is help. A, what a great idea, and it's different. Yep. Now, what about the, the thing where people say, well, get a business card that is weird feeling or odd size, or you have a card like this, which is like a, I don't know, five by seven-ish you know, kind of card with your picture on it so they can remember yeah. who you are, your name, your contact information, everything's right there. So it's, it's a great idea versus a regular business card. But what are your thoughts about getting a unique kind of card? Yeah, the, there are so many advantages of, of being memorable. Um, everyone's got you know the, the normal mm. business card, but mm-hmm. for instance, the card that you're holding, the larger one, uh, I just spoke at the Hendersonville Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. And so in um, what I could have done is I could have had a sheet for notes and a business card and given everyone one. But what I did was I combined them. So if they're taking notes, they keep it on the back of the card and on the front is my picture, is my information. Great idea. So it's that motivation for them to keep it and as well as be remembered. So So being different is I like the notes. You got a line for L, line for I, S-T-E-N. So it's all there. So you have to train yourself to do this Mm -hmm. because it's so important to do this and to be able to impress somebody if you want their business. And it's not just a one-shot deal. You have to follow up with them, build that relationship, come back multiple times, get involved with things so everybody gets to know you because people love doing business with people they like. And if they like you, there you go. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So how do we tie in uh, magic to a, a lot of this. I think it's a pretty unique idea you're doing. Yeah, so uh, somewhat depending on the venue, uh, like I mentioned earlier, for the schools with the, the kids, I definitely incorporate magic. Uh, I try to make it interactive so that it can be remembered. For corporate, uh, to be honest, a lot of times I keep them separate. So a corporation can either hire me to be a magician. You know, I do a lot of corporate events, mm-hmm. where I'm providing the entertainment, just uh, breaking up the, the routine of a meeting or yeah. an event or a, a holiday party, or they can hire me to speak. So a lot mm-hmm. of times for, for that setting, I will keep it different. But in my in my talk about networking, I've got some interactive bits. I've got some little magic tricks here and there. Yeah. Uh, so it really depends on the venue, but I am able to incorporate them yeah. together. So how would you, when it comes to the kids, the kids are fascinated by, by magic and the simplest tricks make them just go, whoa. <laughs> and how do you engage with them with that? Yeah, uh, so, so really having fun with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you can if you can engage and interact with kids, you can interact with anyone. Sure. Uh, especially with, with magic, with these types of things. And so learning to make it about them, learning to have fun. I'm not out there to fool the kids. I'm, I'm there to have a good time with them. We're laughing together. Yeah. Half the time I say, I don't know how the tricks work. You know, I'm making it uh, about the kids, yeah. but I'm also, um, taking time to separate, like, okay, we're having fun here, but now that you're listening to me, now that the, now that I have their attention, we're gonna hit some of the more important things. Exactly. You know, for the magic of kindness, uh, I use the word magic as an acronym. So they're gonna remem- remember magic, but I talk about kindness, it's, it's a must, it's awareness, it's given, it inspires, and it creates. And mm-hmm. so using those points to help these kids to remember to, to be kind to each other has been a blast. Yeah, no, totally. I think it's, uh, when you get those children 
children, especially in elementary, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, they're like sponges. You know, first through fifth grade, I mean, they're just there. Well, but by the time they get to fifth grade, you can all start seeing <laughs> attitudes kick in, but the younger ones are the best. Yeah. Uh, I was in law enforcement for many years, as many of our listeners know, but I used to love going into the schools and you engage with them, and they just are just, you know, staring at you and they're listening and, and learning the message and everything. They're just absorbing all that, and it, it really helps them, I think, later on in life. Yeah. But you have this this kindness message, which I think everybody needs these days. Yeah. Uh, and not saying, you know, hurtful words and things of that nature. But if you can use magic to to drive that in, it's just going to stick with them longer. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you're looking just for t- the, the fun side as well of magic, there's a, a lot of opportunities out there. Oh, totally. Um, you know, just to, just to have some fun with it. Yeah. Uh, so we're on Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, welcome in, everybody. We're talking with Mark Brown. He's a professional speaker and magician uh, based right here in Middle Tennessee. And it's great to, to have you in here. Um, so when it comes to the, the magic at House of Cards, what kind of show do you, do you do there? Do you have like a theme show or do you mix it up? Yeah. So. So, so it's a, a pretty unique venue. It is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, during the week, uh, it's open in evenings, they have close-up stations. So in the actual dining area, there are two corners, essentially, where there'll be magicians performing close-up magic. So during the week, I'm one of the close-up performers. So you can come sit right next to me at the same table and be watching magic you know, two feet away from you. And it's, it's incredible. It's blast. It's interactive. You have a good time. Um, but then I also, on weekends, so Sunday afternoons, they have four Four shows where it's a family brunch. So mm-hmm. normally the House of Cards is 21 and older mm-hmm. only, but on weekends they have a family brunch okay. where any age is welcome. And so uh, because of my history working with kids and yeah. in that environment, almost every week I do the family brunch shows. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So what kind of tricks do you do? Oh, it it, it depends. Um, Wait a minute, make me disappear. <laughs> come back, come back. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, I, I tend to be fast-paced, fun, and interactive. I'm not up there trying to prove how cool I am. I'm not trying to, you know, yeah. be this guy. I'm just there to have a good time and ultimately make you laugh and enjoy your time. Yeah. So you do like card tricks and, you know, because they're, they're, everybody always does that, right? Yeah. They're looking at it. They're going to see how you did that. You yeah. know, it's like they're following. They can't. You can't do it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> can't figure it out. <laughs> uh, for close up, uh, I do a lot of card tricks. I do one card trick in my stage show. Mm-hmm. So I try to vary it up just because um, there's a lot of good things out there. And mm-hmm. uh, so I do one card trick in my stage show but it's it's a good one mm-hmm. um i mean the the cards are disappearing cards are changing they're appearing in random places there's a whole lot that goes into it so do you use your wife as an assistant <laughs> uh, we, we made a distinction very early on i keep i keep magic far away yeah there you go yeah <laughs> she said she if i proposed with magic i would have had a, to do a do-over so i did not <laughs> that is that's funny so you're not making her disappear or sawing her half or anything like no, that no, she, no. she's not going to fall for that <laughs> Hey Mark, listen. I, you know it's, it's so exciting to meet you, and I'm, I'm so I was so impressed when I met you. Mm-hmm. I mean, immediately said, yeah, "I got to have you on my show." So I appreciate you doing this. There's so much more information that uh, we can do. But if you head over to markbrownmc.com, you're going to find all the information there. You can get information about him. You can send an inquiry if you want to book his services. He, he's right there. Um, and so just check it out, markbrownmc.com, and he'll be glad to engage with you and. Mark, 
great meeting you and thanks for coming in. Thank you again, Jeff. It's been a Absolutely. pleasure. All right, that's going to wrap up another edition of Summer County Spotlight right here at WHIN. Uh, join us each and every Sunday morning at 10. And then, of course, don't forget, it's on the podcast page at whinradio.com. So this is Jeff Shannon. We'll catch you next time. So long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by F&M Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, F&M Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.